Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Managing the Mitten, the podcast that discusses all things property management. Now, property management is by no means a glamorous business. If you're a landlord or a property manager, chances are you've seen some stuff. If you're a new investor or a new landlord, maybe you haven't seen anything crazy yet, but just you wait. This is what we're going to talk about today, property management horror stories. And I couldn't think of a better group of people to talk about this with than this lovely group here. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi, Morgan. Is everybody muted? <laughs> Are you guys alive? Yeah. Uh, I, let me introduce you so our uh, listeners and viewers know who's on here. Um, down at the bottom, we have uh, Benji Jean, who is managing partner for uh, Kai's Property Management. We have Amy Janini, Senior Vice President for um, at, of Property Management. That's a long one, Amy. Jeez. At Howard Hanna Real Estate Services. We have uh, Brian Pomaget, Director of Property Management for Patterson Schwartz Real Estate. And Linda Ayers, uh, Executive Vice President at Cry Like Property Management. So welcome, all of you. Thank you. How are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see everybody. Can I mention that we were supposed to all be together in sunny Florida, like on this exact day, and how sad that is? Benji, don't nod, because you're, you're there. <laughs> I, I am, and it's 83 and sunny, not to make anybody feel bad. No, not at all. It's it's freezing and like six degrees here, so I don't feel bad at all. Um, well, welcome to the show. Um, I want to kind of go around the group and just have each of you um, kind of explain what markets you're in, so we know what part of the country we're representing here. Do you want to start, Brian? Sure. Uh, so uh, Patterson Schwartz is based in Delaware. It's a state. Um, we are <laughs> we handle uh, parts of Pennsylvania and into Maryland. Uh, we have uh, beaches. We have no mountains, uh, but we manage everything from uh, single-family residential, multifamily to farmland, and soon some vineyard land. Ooh, so, cool! Yeah. Awesome. Linda, you're next, and I'm guessing that we'll probably be able to tell where you're from from your accent. <laughs> well, I'm from the Carolinas, but I'm in Tennessee right now. So um, Cry Like is in the Mid-South. So Tennessee, Georgia, Arkansas, Alabama. Um, we have uh, property management offices across that footprint. We have 16 different property management offices and uh, we do single family homes, commercial buildings, and homeowners associations. I mean, you guys are everywhere, so you have tons of fun. We uh, do. Next, Amy. So Howard Hanna is in, uh, our sales piece is in 12 states. The property management division is in Ohio, Michigan, North Carolina, and Virginia. So um, the we we have coastal properties, we have mountain properties, we do storage units, single family detached, multifamily, a little bit of commercial, a little bit of everything. You guys have some student too, don't you? Oh yeah, or student housing. Yeah. A lot of our markets are based around colleges, so we do a lot. We have quite a bit of student housing. Yeah, <laughs> so you have lots of fun stories. There are so many stories. <laughs> and then uh, Benji. I think we covered where you're from. <laughs> yes. It, well, it's funny because I'm actually originally from the Mitten. Uh, I'm from West Bloomfield, Michigan, so I'm very familiar with your market. Uh, but as some people would say, I got smart and moved to Florida. 
so we are the Kai's company. Um, we're part of the Kai's company. We're 95 years old here in, in South Florida. So we handle uh, the east coast of Florida from Miami to Port St. Lucie. So it's about a 240 mile <coughs> spread north south. Um, and as some people would say, you know, we love living in Miami. It's so close to the United States. So we, we if you think about it, we do some international. And uh, we handle single family, multifamily, commercial, and vacation rentals. Awesome. Well, I know you guys are all super busy people. So thank you for taking time out of your schedule to uh, join me. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a fun topic. This one is definitely not boring. And um, I want to kind of set the stage of what we're going to talk about. So we know that there's uh, what some may think are horror stories like evictions or, hey, I did my neighbor a favor, moved their daughter in, didn't screen them. And guess what? They didn't pay me a penny. Um, you know, those types of stories we hear about all the time. What I want to talk about with you guys is the horror stories that people wouldn't assume we have to deal with. Um, in a real estate industry, you know, people might not think we're going to have to deal with a lot of the stuff that we have to deal with. We have to be therapists, detectives, you know, we wear many hats. So that's what I want to uh, pick your brains about today. Um, one of the, the first things I want to talk about is dead people. Um, cue the six seconds right there. <laughs> so let's just get right into it. So in um, 2017, it was reported that 30% of Americans died at home. So when a business that manages people's homes, it's inevitable that you're going to run into a dead body or two. So uh, let's start. I know, Amy, you have a story about this. I do. I, my story is brief because dead guys don't have a lot to say, Morgan. Um, <clears throat> but yes, so I, I will give you the quick and, and dirty um, on uh, one of our uh, dead guys. Um, we had a, uh, well, we still have the building actually. It's in a historic area of Norfolk, Virginia. So that's um, <clears throat> in the Hampton Roads coastal area. Um, a four-story building uh, of about 20 units. And um, we had a contractor working in the common basement. We had some storage areas for all of the tenants down there. Um, so he was just doing some repair, whatever, of one of our regular handyman guys, um, <clears throat> but also very familiar with the basement and noticed that there was a very large um, moisture spot that was seemed to be not it didn't make sense because it wasn't in a kitchen it wasn't where a bathroom would be it was just out in the middle of a living area um so it seemed that the floor at the underboards of the floor were completely and totally saturated so he called at the office or the property manager and said mm, I, I, something's not right is it okay for me to access the premises can i use my master key um, and we said, oh, my gosh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, make sure uh, we'll see what we can do to make sure that they're home. So we made a call to the tenant and there was no answer. Um, and he went up to the first floor unit, <clears throat> um, the classic uh, stack of newspapers in front of the door. Um, this gentleman had been there for 25 years. He traveled a lot. So that was like, well, maybe he's on one of his trips. I don't know. So he entered the premises and um, <clears throat> well, all that was left was liquid. That oh, was it. Clothes, oh. clothes and liquid. So yeah, yeah, God. Yeah, we had um a similar thing, except it was a ground floor, so we had no way of seeing the liquid. How yeah. we noticed 
that someone was there is around the whole frame of the entry door was thousands of flies trying to get into the uh, apartment. So yeah, really. So my uh, question, yes, my question always to the property managers when they say, oh my gosh, I've got a dead guy. I'm like, where is he? Is he in the hospital? Is he in the unit? Yeah, where is he? Yeah. And the next question yeah. is, how long? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if that would have been my question. I think my question would have been, are they set up on auto pay? My question is, do we need an ambulance or a shop vac? So, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> And we joke, uh, but you have to have a sense of humor in this business or it'll drive you, you crazy. You I mean, it's sad, but you know, you got, yeah, you so got to laugh or it's, right. it's just and, and I'll, I'll tell you guys, the other thing that was so interesting is, so no next of kin, can't find anybody. The other thing that we found in the unit was this giant like gallon pickle jar full of cash. So what do we do with the cash? I mean, we were able to apply some to his balance, Benji. Um, <laughs> The rest of it became the property of the state. It was it was an interesting process uh, on all kinds of levels. Yeah, that that is crazy. Uh, another one of my dead guy stories. I have hundreds. But I want to um, tell more than two because that's just morbid. But um, my another one. I we had a tenant below um, who was having a leak in their bathroom. And it was coming from the ceiling. And so we thought the tub is leaking something. So the maintenance guy goes into the unit and looked in the bathroom, saw a guy dead in the bathtub with the water running and the water was overflowing. And he oh. ran down the stairs and said, Morgan, the guy's dead. And I said, go in there and shut the water off. And it's probably one of the few times I've had my maintenance guy like say, F you. No. <laughs> yeah. I am not going yeah. in there. And um, I said, you have to, it's damaging the building. And he was like, I do not care. I am not going in there. And then we realized like after a few minutes that wait, we can like go in and shut the water off to the whole building. So <laughs> we did that. But yeah, um, he had died running a bath and it was like damaging a uh, unit and I couldn't force him, but uh, we laughed about it afterwards. Like, why wouldn't you go in there? And he's like, are you kidding me? It's yeah, not what you sign up for with uh, a maintenance position. You know, Morgan, I, I don't joke about, you know, the, our, you know, people being freaked out by, uh, by death, people, you know, money side of it. But one mm -hmm. of the things that, that most owners don't understand, you know, in the state of Florida, at least, and I'm sure around the country, there are very specific laws surrounding what happens to the possessions. Absolutely. And yeah. you can get into a significant amount of trouble if you don't know the laws, if you're trying to do it on your own, you know, here in Florida, you know, we have to wait 60 days unless there's something in the lease for an heir to come forward. You know, we had an owner, we had to fire them because they went in behind our back and cleared out a deceased tenant's items. And the last thing you need is for an heir to come forward and say that was a 14th century armoire worth $6 million. Right. You yeah. Know, you could say, yeah. well, then why were they behind on their $400 a month rent? But that's not really going to play in court, right? So yeah. you have to be very cognizant that there are laws surrounding a lot of what we do in property management. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, anyway, have we have we covered the have we covered the dead guys enough? Do you guys want to move on <laughs> to a less more good topic? We're good, sir. <laughs> okay, so another thing um, that we uh, see a lot, and I'm sorry, my dogs are 
working from home, uh, barking in the background. But anyways, um, another thing that happens is, you know, you may screen a tenant, you know, do your due diligence ahead of time, but tenants go bad. It should be like, you know, the girls gone wild videos should be like just tenants gone bad videos. We could probably have a, we have a, a masterpiece on our hands with that. But um, Benji, I know you have a great story about a tenant gone bad that I would love for you to tell. Are we, are we talking about the chinchilla or are we talking about the drugs? Yes, you have to tell the chinchilla story. All right. So we have a, a property. It's a 12-unit multifamily. Uh, and we had a tenant who started to fall behind. And, and obviously, as part of our job, we post three-day notices and, and handle evictions. Uh, and once we posted the three-day notice, all of the sudden, this tenant decided that he had mold in his unit. Right. And for all of us in the property management business, the M word is one of the worst words that you can have. Right. Or here. Right. And so we sent somebody over. It turned out that it was like a little, you know, uh, moisture mark on the ceiling. Right. But we took down the drywall and we, we fixed it. We bleached it. We followed all protocols. Uh, fast forward and we get a call from this tenant saying that he had to rush his chinchilla to the emergency room at the vet. And ultimately the chinchilla died <laughs> and the chinchilla died because of mold. And he spent $800 on a, a chinchilla autopsy. Uh, and you know, as you guys know me, so, you know, I like to joke around and I, I was joking, you know, to, to someone in my office saying, if he would have told me he was going to spend $800 on, an autopsy, I would have given him 50 bucks to go to Home Depot, buy some traps and catch some more rodents. But <laughs> we thought it was so you said funny. that to the tenant, right? You said that you said that to him, right? <laughs> in, in so many words, because uh, he was a very difficult, but we're professional and we kept it professional. Uh, yes. So we simply said to him, I'm sorry, you know, one, you can't prove that this was caused by mold, which doesn't even exist in your unit because we got a mold test done. But we also said, uh, you know, it, we just reviewed your lease, sir, and it appears that you don't have a chinchilla listed on your lease, and that's technically an exotic pet. So we thought we would leave it at that. So fast forward a week later, and I got a letter from a personal injury attorney uh, addressed to us stating that this tenant was suing us and the owner uh, for emotional distress and for the chinchilla dying. And to get and to recoup the money for the chinchilla autopsy. Uh, so, you know, if you know me, uh, you know that I don't I don't take those things lightly. And I, you know, thought it would be a great idea for me to respond to the attorney because my owner uh, was was really concerned. Right. He was named in this suit. And he, sure. you know, so, you know, that's one of the benefits, as I said, well, since we're named on it, too, let me handle this for you. Right. And so I, I wrote the attorney uh, back and, and you have to remember, again, with property management, there are very specific laws surrounding property management. There are statutes. They don't always apply in personal injury. Personal injury attorneys don't really know the statutes. So all of the information was incorrect in his letter. So I took the opportunity to try to educate him uh, with my letter back to this attorney and explained all of the reasons why he was going to lose. Uh, which, which prompted the attorney to write back, uh, and, and, and really, uh, not a nice email back or, or letter back, uh, oh, at, which point, at which point then I turned it over to our attorneys 
and they wrote him a letter telling him that he was going to be disbarred for the things that he said in his letter to me. Uh, and so ultimately this tenant, uh, one got evicted, uh, because he had an, an unauthorized pet and refused to pay rent because of, uh, you know, mold that didn't exist in his unit. Uh, and this, my owner was thrilled because this frivolous, uh, you know, personal injury lawsuit, uh, was handled. But most do-it-yourself landlords, most regular other landlords don't have those pieces of knowledge mm -hmm. and statutes, don't have the know-how to get through those situations. People, their, their, their base instinct a lot of times is fear, right? And yeah. so they will pay to make that fear go away. And our job really is to you know, assuage those fears and take care of the issues for them. And so we were really thrilled. I, I did request a copy of the autopsy of the chinchilla to hang on my wall. Absolutely. Yet to receive it. Um, but if I do, I will send that out to everybody. Yes, we have to see it. We <laughs> well, need a copy. Yeah. So that's um, a problem you... that we always get is the attorneys. Um, how many oh. times have you heard from the tenant, hey, you know, I was speaking with my attorney and it, 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 it's always entertaining because all of the people who are not paying can afford these excellent attorneys. Or, so yeah. it, it, it's kind of funny. And really a letter from attorney doesn't carry any weight. It's the letter from the judge that you have to worry about. Correct. Yeah. yeah we had a, um, speaking of attorneys, we, this is uh, kind of with tenants gone bad, but we just ha got a email from a tenant yesterday Two days ago, the tenant puts in a work order for, I think that there's some type of pest in my apartment, uh, sends a picture. We look at it and like, okay, well, it's super blurry, but it's either a roach or a bed bug. It's one of the two. It's brown and it we can't see it with this blurry camera, but pest control's coming out. Pest control goes out. We don't get the report yet, but we get this email from a tenant saying, I spoke with my attorney and he said the part in your lease that says that a tenant has to pay for 50% of a bed bug infestation isn't lawful. We'd like to strike that now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure you would like to strike that now. <laughs> so sure yeah, maybe businesses that would like to change their contracts after, after the fact. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But Linda, I think you have a story about a tenant gone bad that you want to share with us. I do. Um, even today, this was probably six years ago that we finally got rid of this tenant. But even today, um, when people talk about a tenant that's acting crazy, we use this last name to say they've gone blah, blah on us. Because <laughs> this tenant made such a mark on us for sure. Um, here in Nashville, of course, we get a lot of people who are in the music business, singers, songwriters, you know, some are famous, some not so much, but think they are. This was <laughs> one of those um, who was very entitled because she was so famous. Um, she, of course, had um, a um, service animal. Um, yeah which was a pit bull. Uh, then she had another uh, affliction that required a different service animal that she brought in during her time living with us with a doctor's letter and everything. So two service dogs or emotional, one was service, one was emotional support. 
Um, <clears throat> the part that was so disturbing was that this sweet little house was a house that um, a, a brother and sister had inherited from their parents. So it had been their family home. It meant a lot to them. They didn't want to sell it. So they brought it to us to manage and rent for them, which I see your head shaking. That never works. Great well. combination. <laughs> <laughs> Recipe for disaster because they're so emotionally invested in the property. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we first, aside from the first service animal that was there when she moved in, um, we started seeing all these posts and hearing from people in the community about these um, concerts and stuff she was holding on the property. So she was turning the property into an event venue, uh, sending out flyers, posting it on the internet, charging admission, having um, rented a hot tub, for people to get that it brought onto the property, um, bonfires, drum circles. I mean, this went on constantly. Um, then we started seeing it come up on VRBO, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Airbnb. She um, then would post stories about the people that she was renting the rooms to really inappropriate stories on her Facebook page, um, stalking the neighbors. It, I, I could go on and on and on. Uh, then she quit paying her rent. Uh, <clears throat> so it took a I mean, while. the DRBO probably wasn't doing too good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so um, it took a while to get her evicted. Uh, we did eventually get that done, uh, although it, it definitely took a good four months to actually get her out. And um, today, if you go look on uh, Yelp, she is the one really nasty um, review that we have with the picture of all of her stuff out in the front yard. Um, yeah. It's I have a question, Linda. Uh, you could do this uh, offline, but if you could send me her name so that I can hopefully get invited to one of her parties in the future, oh. it's fun. Oh, yeah. There's websites and everything. You'll want to listen to the music. And I'm in Nashville. Why not? I'll hit up one of her parties. It's entertaining. I hope, I hope she moves into one of Benji's houses. Next. Yeah, one of my employees. We hear she's moving to Miami. Yeah. <laughs> We still, one of the, my employees still has a framed picture of one of the uh, the flyers about one of the events that was going to happen there and how much the admission was and all that. It was oh. a hot mess. Hot mess. It is a mess. Uh, Amy, you have a tenant gone bad story? I have a it, not only a tenant gone bad story, but I think it was just gone bad, gone bad. Um, like I, it, it's so funny because I couldn't remember all the details. So I called my operations manager this morning and I was like, how did this go again? She's like, why are you saying this out loud? Stop, stop talking. 
because something bad's gonna happen today. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, okay. So yeah, there was like this juju moment where I was like, no, after today, no more talking about Skylight. That's what we call her. Because you know, they they get names, right? Yeah, so, yeah they all have names, yep. We, it took us a few minutes to even remember what her name was because we'd called her Skylight for like five years. So I just have this, I want to give my fellow property managers a picture of this. All right. So we have this, um, it's a condominium you know, association and we manage just one condo in, in the um, development. It's a three-story building, but the third story unit is a two-story uh, condominium. So vaulted ceilings, sort of that A-frame, you know, 1980s sort of uh, modern um, piece. Every single one of them had tons of skylights in all of the units. So the HOA sends us a notice and they say, hurricane, hurricane season is upon us. We're going to be replacing every single skylight in the whole subdivision, so just get ready. So we let our tenant know, they come in, they replace all the skylights. Shortly thereafter, here comes hurricane. So the contractor, <clears throat> had installed these units and we lost all of the skylights. They blew off like the lid of a can. I, they were just gone. <laughs> so the tenant calls us and she's like, it's hurricaning in my house. Like it's raining. So in the middle of a hurricane, first of all, you know, we send around this email that says, while the storm is in action, you know, no one will be to your unit. Well, she has like no roof. I mean, it's raining in the unit. So the next, the, 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 we, we can't tarp it because it's this fourth floor. I mean, it is like the ultimate disaster. Well, it gets better. So we go to the unit, the net, you know, storm stops, let's go. We go to the unit, she, hoarder, filled, filled, a stuff and it's all wet. <laughs> It's just wet. So she said, we're like, okay, so this is bad. Uh, turns out the contractor did not put a single screw in any of the skylights. And that's why they just, poof, they just blew off. So we have an HOA, by the way, that is uh, self-managed and defunct. They, uh, they're, uh, they're bankrupt. The contractor who didn't put screws in the skylight, the tenant who was a hoarder, I swear to you, all of this actually happened. So <clears throat> we are like, we have to get you out of here. The contractor actually was a great guy. So the property manager moves into action. She calls the owner. The HOA says, I don't know, call your homeowners and says, uh, your homeowner's insurance. We call the owner. She's like, I just got a divorce. I'm on bad times. I don't have any, I don't, I didn't renew my insurance. I have no homeowner's insurance on that house. Uh, so we, I mean, property manager is like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't know. So we say we, we have a fire casualty clause in our lease. Like a lot of people do. And we're like 30 days to fix it or terminating the lease. You got to get out. She's like, I can't too much stuff. Can't move. Won't move. It smells in here. I don't have a roof. I, I, okay. So we call the contractor and he's like, okay, I feel really bad. I'll give you X amount of dollars if you move out. I have to fix this. Like, this is terrible. I have to fix it. She won't move. Ex-husband is a, is a realtor. We call him. We're like, can you please, can you help us? He calls her. He says, I'll give you money to leave. She's like, 
can't do it, won't move. The next day, I promise you, washer and dryer, hose busts on it, floods the unit below. And she, we're, you have to go. You have now, your unit is ruined. The unit below, the guy had just renovated the entire thing. It is totally flooded out. Ceiling fell, everything ruined. This woman had, remember, no insurance. Homeowners oh Association God. says, not me. Contractors like, I tried. Ex-husband says, please get out. My property manager hasn't slept in weeks. She's beside herself. So she is thumbing through old marketing photos to find any um, any evidence of why this washer and why this washing machine hose busted, and she is thumbing through and realizes that the washing machine is not ours. The tenant had taken it out and put her own washing machine in. It was her hose, her washing machine. So. Sarah goes out there and she's like, listen, I, I have proof that you put your hose on here. You're responsible for the guy below you and all the damage and everything. You got to go. So the tenant freaks out. She moves out. We're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but that was, that was just one piece of it. Now we have a unit literally with no floor, no mm. sheetrock and no roof. And this woman who has no money, no joke, the owner downstairs, we had had this great relationship and we were like, our hands are tied. I don't even know. We're just trying everything that we can. He comes upstairs and says, I tell you what, this gal's got fallen on hard times. I see it's a bad situation. I'll buy this unit and we'll call it a day. We got this manager. Got the tenant out, sold that unit, and we were like, "We're out!" <laughs> we're oh my gosh! Wow, that's a that's terrible scary. one. Oh, terrible. Story, yeah. terrible! Oh my god! Uh, I don't think anyone's gonna be able to top that with a terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible situation. Um, but I want to uh, transition into um, things that still today haunt you in property management. So things that I mean that probably still haunts Amy and her group. But um, things that like happened that you like still think about or make great cocktail conversations when you're talking about what you do for a living. So let's talk about uh, that. Brian, I think you have a story for us. Um, I, I'm just sorting through my mind to find a story that's that's anywhere near as good as Amy's. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've that had would probably ton. the cake. <laughs> we we have we've had a ton. Um, I mean, you see all sorts of things. We had one where we just finished renovating the house, and the house was uh, belonged to a government entity that we manage for, and then the government shutdown happened. And they said, you can't go to the property. You can't maintain it. You can't, we can't go there. The government shutdown has happened. Nobody's allowed to go there. And we're like, all right, it's fine. We're good. It can wait a week. Well, in one night through the winter, a pipe's ruptured and it filled the property with water, which froze. And then we went by and the whole property was a skating rink. And it's a historic property. It's on government land. The whole process for doing anything to any of these 
properties, any repair has to go through review after review, has to be certain historic materials. And here, this whole thing that we had just fought for, for six months to renovate and get in perfect moving condition had to be completely redone again. Um, and those are the kind of things that's just... It, it's just a battle. So whenever it gets cold out, I start thinking, um, okay, winterize everything. Vacant homes yeah. are just a nightmare. It's just, it's just horrible. I mean, occupied homes can be a nightmare, but vacant ones. Vacant or even worse. Yeah, no, I hear you. And the pipe breaking thing freaks me out too. We had a home where uh, we, you know, with our utilities, we'll have a landlord tenant agreement. So when the tenant disconnects, it comes on into the landlord's name automatically or our name. And, um, uh, they didn't work in this case. Uh, the the utility company shut the electric off and the gas was on, but the furnace is electric ignited. So no heat was happening. And uh, we got a call um, within a day of the tenant moving out. One day later, we got a call from the city saying that there was an actual like luge waterfall coming out the side of the home and they just happened to be driving down and looked over and there's literally like a luge uh, of ice coming out of the side of it and i can laugh now but it was not like funny at all because you have to you know explain to your owner that hey the, this is on the utility company it ended up resulting in a lawsuit and ended up lasting years taking off years of my life but um yeah pipes freezing that's a terrible one something that we have to like make sure uh, of all the time um what else who else has a, a haunting story to share well the the insult to injury is then you get the water bill because they oh, could care yeah. less yeah, and, exactly. and whatever you pay to fix everything <laughs> then you're paying for every little drop of water that broke everything yep. um but i think my one that still terrifies me to this day a little bit is um we had we had this house we rented and and um, it was just questionable what was going on. The person was well qualified, but then after calling him and realizing for repairs he was never there and other people were, we realized he was had his uh, cousins or nephews living there. And and the more we went in the house, the more we just questioned things. And they were just uh, from other countries. They were nice enough. They were, you know, it, but but it just seemed weirder and weirder. And by the time they left, we found in the basement suitcases filled with different clothes of all different sizes and then lots of balloons. So we figured they were smuggling and they were picking people up at the airport and they were smuggling and we got into an argument with them because they had taken the refrigerator and, and here the guy is yelling at me and he goes, you're doing the because we charged him for a refrigerator and he goes, you just I hope you sleep well at night. I'm thinking, okay, I just pissed off a drug runner. <laughs> and, and my home address is public knowledge. So yeah, that's terrifying. Benji, you have a you have a story that kind of goes along with that. You actually had SWAT at a property before, I right? Did. Yeah. So well, two things. One with the vacancies, just going back to that for a second. We are actually in the process of getting permits to demolish a house and the garage. Uh, you know, we had an elderly owner who is in hospice, so it's in a trust that we're managing for. They didn't want to, you know, do the repairs to rent it. Uh, so we got a call that that house has turned into the hotspot for prostitution in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And so people were, you know, using it uh, to make money. Uh, as far as I know, we did not get a cut. 
but we are trying to demolish. So yes, vacancies have their own issues. And when we boarded up, you know, like Fort Knox, the unit, they moved to the garage, which yeah. was a separate, which was a separate building. Uh, so now we're demolishing the whole thing. But to, to, the, to the drug story, um, you know, not all of Miami is Miami Beach or South Beach. We do have yeah. some areas that are a little tougher, uh, areas where most of the homes have the bars over the windows, right? They're old school, 1950s, 60s, Florida homes, single story. Uh, so about two o'clock in the morning, my property manager gets a phone call from the neighbor of one of the houses. Now, the people that were in there, we had actually taken over management. So we didn't really do all of the due diligence on these tenants, but they were young. They had a young child. They never gave us a problem, always paid rent on time. There was no issue. You know, sometimes you can find out these drug houses by electricity bills or you go in yeah. for inspections and you see that they've built a grow house in their garage. We've yeah. had that too. Um, but this particular situation, it seems totally fine. Uh, so at two o'clock in the morning, the neighbor calls and says, the police are at the house that you manage. Uh, and, and so obviously my property manager said, well, isn't that like a domestic issue? You know, why do I have to get out of bed and, and get up at two o'clock in the morning to go over there? And she said, well, you might want to come over here. SWAT is here. Uh, and you know, you don't have a front door anymore. Uh, and so we went over there and it, and it turns out, you know, they have these windows with the bars on it all around the house. Well, SWAT actually broke every window and threw stun grenades into the house. Okay. Oh or they made entry, they broke the door off and, uh, and, and arrested the tenants. Um, and so, you know, in property management, you run into these things from time to time, you have to secure the house, but it's also a crime scene, right? Because they ended up recovering, you know, I don't remember the exact weight, uh, of cocaine and, you know, pills and things of that nature. Uh, and so, you know, some of our job is, is liaising with the local authorities, whether it's code enforcement or the police. Uh, and we had to get the house back in order. And we actually had to go through an eviction process, even though the tenants were up to date on their rent. We, we evicted yeah. them. And, you know, down here, especially, we have a tremendous number of international owners who don't live in the country, uh, who live in Europe, in South America. And so, you know, they don't have the ability to handle these situations, right? Uh, so we were mm -hmm. there, aware of it. But, you know, like, you, like someone said before, you can't always go with what you see on paper. Right. Yep. Someone could look great on paper. Someone could be the best paying tenants. And they're, you know, <laughs> and they're having the door. cocaine yeah. out of their house. Yeah. yeah. That is I think crazy. It's and always it interesting. Too. You know, it can go the other way too. Once that you're a little bit nervous about because they might not, they barely make it in, but then they end up being the best tenants. Yeah. That Ha I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know the, when you said what keeps you up at night, it's funny because originally when you said that, I thought you know it's the mistakes that were made that keep me mm -hmm. up. Right, I relive those things. Right, and 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 you know I have a saying I live by: we suffer more in imagination than reality. Right, so we right. I, I'm bad at that. I I you know future trip I you know worry about all the things that have never happened that haven't happened and probably won't happen. Yeah. Um, but, but really, when you start to think about it, those are actually all of these stories, all of those mistakes 
are are really what what keep me going because I know that each one of these steps, and I'm sure all of you are the same, you learn and you don't make those yeah. mistakes. And your average landlord, the odds are just the sheer volume of what we all deal with would never learn 95% of these things. Uh, yeah. Just doing it with one property. So Absolutely. it is very difficult if you're trying to manage your own property, do it by yourself, and you run into these situations. Uh, you know, you just don't know what to do. We've gone through fire. We've, we've dealt with these situations. Yep. So it helps. Yeah, let us be your trial by fire. <laughs> uh, I have I have a story that I think will make you guys itch uh, if I tell you it, but it's one of my haunting ones, and it's the one that I share when I'm you know having dinner with people that I don't really care for. Um, but <laughs> there was a uh, I was managing a building uh, in Royal Oak, Michigan. Uh, Benji, you'll know right where this is. Um, but I'm managing a building um, and uh, have tenants, you know, that you never hear from and in property management, no news, sometimes good news, not always. But um, I got a call from a local restaurant right on Woodward Avenue. And uh, it was weird because the girl or the hostess there said, um, this is going to sound weird, but there's a regular that comes in to eat here every day. And I think he lives at this apartment complex. And I said, okay. And she said, well, I'm just calling because we've noticed that when he comes in, he actually has bugs on him. And I was like, what? what? And she said, yes, we told him that he can't come in, but something's a little off. Um, but every time he comes in, he actually has like physical bugs crawling on him and like in his like hair. And she noticed him in his, in the, in his neck hair. So I was like, okay, this is like super weird. E either I'm getting punked or like, this is like a one-off I've never dealt with before. So I call my pest control guy. Um, she described the guy. I did know who he was because he had come into the office to pay his rent. And that, that it was only 32 units. So I knew who the guy was. Um, I call my pest control guy. He goes in there. He comes back into the office, his face is white as a ghost. And he said, Morgan, it's literally the worst bed bug infestation I've ever seen in my career. He said, the bed is so bloodied with spots from where he's been bit in his sleep um, that you would think it's a crime scene. And he said, the worst thing is when I went into the bathroom and I looked in the shower there was actually still live bed bugs in the bottom of the bathtub that he had rinsed off of his person uh, while he was taking a shower. <laughs> oh, I have goosebumps. I can't. I mean, no, at, least he didn't, at least he didn't bug you about it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, dad. Oh. Um, but yeah, so uh, we had to get that uh, unit treated. The other thing is um, sometimes, you know, we deal with people that have um, like, you know, a, a mental illness or a serious, you know, um, issue. And um, sometimes, you know, hoarding kind of, you know, it's a medical issue. And so this this tenant, too, was on top of it, a hoarder, and he, he collected or preferred to hoard phone books. And so there were stacks on stacks on stacks of phone books. And when the you know phone company used to deliver them on doors, this is probably going to date me a little bit. But when they used to deliver the phone books to the actual like you know doors, he would go around and collect them and put them in his unit. But even the pages of the phone books had 
bugs in them. It was like literally everywhere. It was kind of like the light a match and deal with it kind of scenario. Yeah. So yeah. that is a haunting, something that haunts I've, me for sure. So I've heard much. if you get a chinchilla, they actually eat <laughs> and they'll chase them away. You know, I, I heard the same thing, but you have to be careful because I heard bed, bug, bed bugs can kill chinchillas and then, you know, you don't want to be in suffering. Right. The risk management there is a tightrope. Yeah, yes. I was a little upset because I also asked him if I could have it so I could make at least like some earmuffs out of it. You know, I mean, that's a little expensive. <laughs> I think oh. two chinchillas for earmuffs. You could have one maybe. <laughs> that's how well he said it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many bed bugs did it eat? <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being on with me. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Um, this will uh, end our podcast for today. Um, next is going to be one of my favorite part of the shows, our maintenance minute with Randy Ostrom. So stay tuned. Hello, RMO Maintenance. Oh, slow down, slow down. Just give me a minute. Okay, so you're saying you have raw sewage coming up through a floor drain in the basement? And it's already reached the stairs? Oh, and it's coming up the stairs. Okay, yep, I'll get a plumber over there right away. Um, let me write down some information here, your address. Okay, yep. Okay, yeah, I'll get a plumber right over there. Yep, yep, we'll be in contact shortly. Get that taken care of. Oh, I'm getting another call. Hello, RMO Maintenance. Oh, okay, yep, you have a hoarding situation. Okay, and the person passed away. Oh, no, okay, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, they had pets. Okay, cats, as in plural. Okay. Well, there's evidence of bed bugs and roaches. Okay, all right. Well, it's nothing we haven't seen before. RMO will get right on that and we'll get it taken care of, turned around so you can write it back out. You betcha. Oh, I'm getting another call. Uh, yep, yeah, but we'll be in contact shortly. Thank you. Hello, RMO maintenance. Oh, so your heat's not working. Okay, and that's causing your pipes to freeze? Oh no. Oh, oh the pipes are even starting to burst now causing a frozen giant disaster. Uh, uh, can you hold on just for a minute? Hello, RMO Maintenance. Oh, what do you mean your toilet exploded? Are you having a nightmare? Nightmare? No, just dreaming about work. Each of those maintenance requests are actual issues that RMO has resolved for our owners, which is just reassurance that when you're working with RMO, we'll figure your problem out together.